So Dolly Parton, huh? Yeah. <laughs> What's up, dude? What's up, man? <laughs> hey, welcome to the Bathroom Break Podcast. I'm your host, Rab himself, and I'm sitting here with Johnny Radke, guitarist of Filter and Kill Hannah and other bands, too. You're like in, yeah. I feel like in a whole bunch of kind projects. Of a bunch of stuff, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, most notably Kill Hannah, Filter. Yeah. Uh, another project called 8mm. It's with producer Sean Bevan and his wife, Juliet Bevan. Oh, right. Um, yeah, he, Sean Bevan did my first record on Atlantic, the first Kill Hannah record that we ever we ever did, and also he's responsible for all the Nine Inch Nails, Marilyn Manson stuff. So, yeah, so we have yeah. a thing going as well. So, uh, so yeah, so he's so he's also a musician. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, he's, uh, a, he's an amazing producer. He's uh, <clears throat> he used to do like live front of house for Nine Inch Nails back in the day before he started, you know, working on the records as well, mm-hmm. mixing and. And all that stuff. So yeah, he's an insane, Damn. and he's a guitar player. He's kind of an all-around guy, so he's great. Yeah, that's crazy. I feel like you would have to be in order to like, like I always found that crazy when a producer like isn't a musician because you're like, how do you understand yeah. what's going on? I know. I know. For- <laughs> fortunately for me, like all the records that I've done uh, with producers, whether it's Sean Bevan or Johnny K or um, Bob Marlette, they're all accomplished musicians. Yeah. You know, and 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 they're just they happen to be amazing producers as well they just have that ear yeah so it's really great to be in the studio while you're tracking stuff with them and then they're like oh dude wait here let me show you what i'm talking about and they grab the guitar and uh it's great when you have a fellow musician in the room working on the music with you so yeah i was thinking about like because this was always sort of a question that i had i have friends that have bands where they'll produce their records Mm -hmm. and do you think like I guess from an outside perspective, I'm not a musician, but my, my thought was always, you know, it's really good to have an outside producer because they have like an unbiased look at the music or, or feel for the music. Whereas like maybe one of the band members producing it, like, yeah. like, cause I know like when I'm making like films or whatever like that and I'm sitting there editing, like if I shoot it, I direct it and I edit it, I'm like so immersed in it totally. that I can't even see it. Yeah. I'm, I'm the, I'm the same where I, cause I also produce and, and mm-hmm. I can mix as well. And I do a lot of that. Um, you know, it's, I'm self-contained, especially when I'm writing and demoing and, and everything like that. And I get really immersed into it and you sort of lose sight. Oh, I mean like, well you just, you just, it it's hard to see outside of the box sometimes and that's why it's it's important to have a, a, a second set of ears yeah. and a perspective on it and so um and usually in in, in a lot of cases uh, well it's specifically in mine just um you know the last couple filter records that richard and i've done we've it, it's just been me richard and the producer and it's starting from actually demo process until final product so he was with us as a songwriter as well yeah um, Oh, which wow. is which is pretty cool, and plus also, and 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 we would try everything, you know, and like that's the thing. Like, we'd go down a rabbit hole, and then he's kind of the one to hone it in, and be like, "Yeah, we're getting a little, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's let's pull it back, yeah. Let's pull it back a little bit, yeah. You know, and keep yeah. and keeps you focused. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's so cool because I like I, you know I watched that um, Defiant ones with, with yeah. Jimmy Iovine and mm-hmm. and like kind of seeing that process like. He's not a musician, but right. but he does understand he under, it. He, un, he so well, like yeah, on a totally. serious level of like even just when he's sitting with you too, it's like, oh, what if it was like this or that? And, yeah. and it's kind of, it's crazy to me. Like, well, they, the, those guys like that have those. They're they're just so good at understanding where the artist is trying to go. Yeah, and they're the ones that have like bring the you know an, an idea that maybe 
Bono or The Edge hadn't thought about. Be like, well, what if we tried it this way? Think about it this way. You know, it's just another, they're just another piece of the puzzle. And yeah. it's really remarkable when you have, I mean, especially like Jimmy Iovine and, and, and people like that that really have an ear for that. Yeah. They're just great at what they do. Yeah. And fortunately, like, we, we've always, whether it's Filter or Kill Hannah, like, any producer that we've ever worked with has really shared the same vision you know and we had to you know there's obviously a vetting process and like you have to get to know the guys before you commit to like you know we're going to be together for a while you yeah. know like in the yeah. studio for six to eight months. maybe forever yeah exactly. <laughs> you know? and so you really find out you know you, you you start to gravitate towards those people that really understand what you're trying to do where you're coming from they understand like the, the aesthetic of the band you know like the vibe what the fans are into and basically they they listen to you and it's their job to help facilitate and like really get the best of like you know just get what you're thinking what's in your head get it out there yeah and it's it's a really it's a really cool process especially when you're with you know those those types of guys that are just geniuses and yeah and and your producer's name is you said scott or uh well the sean bevan who did the first kill hannah record yeah Yeah. and uh you know we were huge fans of his especially you know me growing up with nine inch nails and yeah you know i'm one of those kids that you know you'd go to record stores after school and just hang out yeah and like you know you'd buy your your records and your cds and or tapes cds and everything and you'd go home and half part of the experience was you know you're listening to the album and you're reading all the liner notes like who was involved yeah who was like one of the engineers who was the producer who was a mixer who mastered it all that stuff so like sean bevan's name was in all of my favorite records damn yeah and so when we when we came out to, uh, before we were signed to Atlantic Records, we were flown out here. I want to say this is like 2001, like uh, the be- very beginning of 2001. Um, we came out here to showcase for like every label under the sun. We were yeah. here for like three days. They had rented out SIR. Um, and it was very, like you had to, basically the show was like a full production show, but no crowd, just label people <laughs> yeah yeah so it's Which, very awkward like yeah you know we're, we're we're sitting there in you know makeup the the wardrobe everything yeah. the lights the production and you're playing like it's supposed to you're playing in front of a hundred thousand people but you're playing for 20 people from a label and they're yeah. all sitting on couches so it's like Dude. you have i know and you have to you have to play like it's the best show you've ever played <laughs> yeah. like you know what i mean and like and then afterwards uh, you know, you meet everybody, you shake hands, and we did that for you know a couple of days, um, literally for every label in the sun. And I remember Sean, um, I don't know, I think maybe his manager or whatever had hipped him to it, and I know he had heard of us, and um, he came to one of those things and came up afterwards as we were you know gr- greeting everyone and. He came up and introduced himself, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I'm like I was so starstruck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Sean Bevan's here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, did I, you know that before you started playing? No, or? no, okay, no. Good. I mean, they like you're on stage, and they basically like you know our management at the time just you know door opens, and then people just start filing in and then sitting down. Yeah. So it's not like a, you know it's you're playing and doing all this stuff on stage like you would normally be in front of your crowd. Yeah. Uh, but you feel kind of like an idiot because they're just they're just sitting down. Yeah, I was gonna say that like because um, I, I like I went on tour with uh, CKY a lot, right, right. you know, and just would go out and introduce the band and yell and then jump on stage for "Bite It You Scum" and, right, right. and scream into the mic for that. But um, like I've gone with them too, like playing at like radio stations mm-hmm. and like they're and they're a band that 
totally plays off of the crowd. Yeah. So the energy that, that happens when they're playing is like is something that yeah. they play off of and they, they totally. play into and you feel that and if you don't have that it's sort of like shifts the performance. Yeah. So it's got to be crazy to to sit yeah. down and do that for just 20 random strangers like I don't even know if these guys like this kind of music or whatever, you know. Right, right. I mean, like, we've done, you know, Kill Hannah and Filter, like, we've done so many of those radio things where you have to go in, you meet the program director, and you play for, like, 20 ticket winners on the air, and you play acoustic and stuff, and that's that's one thing, that's part of the job, and, like, yeah, yeah, it's cool. And And it's cool. Yeah, yeah, and they get to see a more intimate version, especially coming from rock bands, like, you know, like like Filter, which is known for just being, you know, this... Like, huge industrial force and then yeah. like we're sitting there playing acoustic but <laughs> yeah. no but that's but that's I always, always think of uh, like on Howard Stern when when uh, then Dave Grohl does uh, and like uh, Baba Boo's like do Avalon do Avalon <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah like it's like and they play that acoustic but yeah. it was cool yeah, but it's cool. no one had ever heard it that way right you know? right totally yeah. but then like but yeah that, that experience like showcasing for labels like where like it's a full production show but there's no crowd and you have to pretty much act yeah. and play and appear to be like you're, you know, like you're just this thundering force. Especially back then, you know, that was still when labels were a big deal. You know, yeah, like this was still. And when now like, it's like it's like transforming you to back to when you're like a little kid with like a broomstick. <laughs> you know, you're like you're like pretending in your bedroom. I know. You know? When like actually like kids that are doing that in their bedroom literally yeah. are getting signed. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't even know what's going on anymore. But yeah. <laughs> but but then but but being signed to a major back then. You know, we came at the very end of it during the shift. Yeah. Um, you know, iTunes and Napster had just, well, Napster been out for a couple of years, but, you know, the file sharing and downloading, it was relatively new and labels didn't, they weren't really ahead of it yet. And so they were, they basically were just like, nah, nothing will change. Like business is usual. I just love that. Like, I just picture like some fat cat, like, nope. I ain't moving. Yeah. I ain't changing. It's like, Nothing. well, everything else is. Yeah, so yeah. We'll see you later. So like, yeah. So, <laughs> it, so it was very important, you know, especially at that time, like if you were on a major label, it still meant something, you know, and it still, it still does. But like, yeah. but it was, um, it was very, it but was that more, was the make or break thing. It was very competitive and yeah. it was like, and we found out, you know, we were rejected like by many labels actually. Like we did, we did demo deals with Atlantic and stuff and they have you know we did like three songs for them and then they were like nah we passed they're not ready yet or or whatever um you know we met with guys you know the president of Warner Brothers like literally basically called you know get a call from my manager at one in the morning uh, one night being like you guys are getting on a plane at 6 a.m you have to you have a meeting with the president of Warner Brothers in LA and we're in Chicago at the time it's like okay and basically show up going to this huge office he's sitting at one end of the table <laughs> like know, in christmas vacation it's literally yeah. like that he's all the way at the other end and we're at like, this end and we're just sitting, what? we're just sitting get there. me somebody yeah. anybody yeah. yeah and we're just sitting there and, <laughs> and uh he just looks at us he's like it's cool but i don't think you guys are ready yet end of meeting and i was like oh you couldn't have just said that over the phone yeah like you seriously had to fly us up to la to do that ah so yeah, and then eventually that sucks because you kind of got to be feeling like, all right, sweet. This, I mean, if this is yeah, this you're in the room with this, there. this big wig, like and this, yeah. you know who he is, and he's like, you know, the, the CEO of the company, and it's yeah. you know, it's a big deal to be in a room with him alone, and and it, and then he's like, yeah, I'm not feeling it yet. Like, do do some more stuff, and it's like, 
okay, like, why are <laughs> what are we so doing I guess here? We just fly back to Chicago now. <laughs> um, oh, man. But eventually, yeah. eventually, you know, like, um, you know, you just it was like I said, it was competitive back then. So you just we were kind of like an undeniable thing going on in Chicago. We were. Yeah, our singles before we were signed and anything like that were on the radio. We're on major radio stations, and we were number one. We were beating out people like Oasis and all that stuff. Damn, and yeah. yeah. And so a couple guys, you know, took notice of that. Carson Daly was actually doing yeah. NR for Columbia, and he was. That's how we met him, and you know, he flew us out to New York when he was still doing TRL even. And oh like, wow, you know, so we had interest with that, and then eventually uh, the head of NR Atlantic, John Rubley, um, great great guy, still a dear friend to this day. He I guess one of our songs, you know, showed up on his desk and um, listened to it, got it, event, you know, initially, immediately, excuse me, um, understood what we were doing. Yeah. And was like, I want to come to Chicago and see these guys play, but I don't want to see them. But they're, I know they sell out shows, and I, I want to see them do it, basically in a, in a private room, like a stage, you know, whatever. We did the same thing this time again, and it's just for one dude playing like we did like five songs full light show all that thing and he's there and then right after the performance he was like we pretty much you know he was like i'm prepared to offer you guys a deal so it was oh wow yeah so it was that was uh that's rad what's crazy to me though is like why wouldn't you want to see it in the show how they sold if they're on their own selling out shows for me i'm obviously clearly i'm not an a and r guy but i would think like I want to see what they're creating because on their own they're generating this buzz. People yeah. are following this band. They're loving this band. Like, why wouldn't I want to see how that's happening? I think, yeah, I I, I agree, and I, and and they do, and they know that. Like when yeah. they show up at shows, and so they already know that us. part. That's yeah. why they're and that's going. the thing. They okay, want to see sense. it. Like, we want to see. Can it? Can they be in an uncomfortable situation <laughs> and still look like <laughs> yeah, you know, like the like the professionals? We're Again, gonna because find like, them a random hole in the wall, right? Right. And, like, and you know, like nowadays, <laughs> there's so much content. Yeah. And there's so many young kids that want to be rock stars, and and that, yeah. you know, like they they think it's just an overnight process, and and I think oh, it's, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Right. Now maybe. But <laughs> no, like, no, but, it still isn't. But though. but you know what I mean. But like. But back then, it was like they wanted, you know, you when you signed to a deal, you're supposed to be there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it was like you're, if you had the look, that's one thing, and you had the songs, that's cool, and you, yeah, you have a generated crowd. But like, are they the real deal? And that's right. basically what those things are. They're testing that pretty much, yeah. And that like, we sense. always did well in those things. You know, yeah. like it was so awkward. Right. It's so weird. But everybody just got it's it. It's so together. weird to be jumping around like a monkey on stage when no, when you're playing a nobody. <laughs> And like, or like, or you can, I mean, like, you can see in the room, you can see them just sitting on the couch, like, hmm, yes, yeah. It's like, man, it's like, I can't read this guy. Does yeah. he, does he let me fill this out on my clipboard? Yeah, yeah, let me just check. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 it is. That is awkward. It's so, like, yeah. but, but, so back to the beginning of that with Sean Bevan, uh, we met him and we were all pretty much starstruck, and then it was. So every one of the band members were, were yeah, big fans. We, we and knew. knew okay. yeah. yeah. And so it was like when he, uh, Atlantic, before we got signed, we did a demo deal for Lava Atlantic. And and we we wanted Sean to produce it, like the, the three songs. And so he, they flew him to Chicago. We did, we did like a week of recording. And then they initially passed on it. And then, like I said, Rubley came in a few months later. And then we ended up signing to Atlantic Records. And then... Um, when it was coming down to 
start talking about um, picking a producer for the record, it was unanimous within the group. Or yeah, like yeah. Sean Bevan. Like, I mean, you had that choice. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. okay. Awesome. Yeah, for yeah. both for both of the albums on Atlantic with with Kill Hannah. Yeah. Like, I'm the second one was. Um, for the sophomore record, we had like a list of producers that we were interested in, you know, like Rich Costi and all these big guys and guys album had done so many records that we all just adore. And yeah, um, you know, one by one, we'd have to cross off the list like they're they're busy or that's, you know, the label won't pay that much for that. You know what I mean? But uh, um, yeah, we the first record, it was unanimous unanimously we were just like yeah Sean Bevan like we have to you know we yeah. have to use him yeah and then the second record we ended up going with Johnny K who who did all the disturbed records and yeah that's, uh, he was a Chicago guy and he was looking to break out of the box uh, he's known for that that you know that uh, that metal scene which we're not that kind of band right but, but he's like, yeah, I want to do more stuff like Jane's Addiction and The Cure, and that's what you guys are, you know, Pumpkins, and that's what you guys are kind of doing. Yeah. And it just, it, we met with Johnny a few times, and um, he was just, you know, the coolest guy. He totally understood. You know, you, he listened to the demos that we'd been working on, and uh, yeah, he was like, I, he wanted to do it. And then we realized, like, this guy's, it's going to be perfect. And I, And then that record turned out to be our biggest one and yeah and i wow. we still listen to that record you know like fans yeah. still go crazy over that and that yeah. came out 13 years ago damn yeah. Yeah, yeah damn that's crazy so so you're all are you all from chicago or yeah so kill hannah's from chicago same thing with filter like i mean richard richard patrick he's originally from cleveland you know he was in nine inch nails yeah he's the original guitar player with trent and so when he left nails and started filter um he partnered up with Brian Leesgang, who was also in Nine Inch Nails uh, for a bit. And Leesgang is a Chicago guy. And so they just relocated. They did short bus in Cleveland, but then relocated to Chicago. So yeah, basically, Kill Hannah filter, it's, it's, a Chicago, it's all Chicago. Based. Yeah. But we're all out here now. Yeah. Like we all, yeah. We've all been out here for years. Is that how you kind of got in the mix with filter or? N- no, with filter, like, uh, so I met Rich. Uh, back in Chicago, like I was about like like eighteen or nineteen years old. Wow. In Kilhanna, um, you know, pre record deal. And so we're just, you know, we're getting a pretty large fan base in Chicago and um and that's the thing about, about Chicago. It's like it's <clears throat> it's such a cool music scene. It's so incestuous. Like everyone's yeah. played in bands together. Everyone knows yeah. each other. Uh, everyone's really supportive of each other and so like you know you go anywhere and you'll be like oh there's Billy Corgan and like oh there's Nash Cato from Urge Overkill oh there's Scott Lucas from Local H yeah and that was the same thing with Rich and that's um, actually Brian Leesgang who was in Filter uh, he co-founded Filter with Rich was a friend of mine I had been working with him on some stuff and uh, yeah he introduced me to Rich we struck up a friendship and um, this was like a you know this was like right after that big record take a picture came out and all that stuff yeah. so filter was like you know doing Huge, really yeah. well and um and you had not been signed yet with Kill no kill hannah had, hadn't yeah. been signed yet we were th- that was just about to happen and um rich and i started spending some time together hanging out and there was talk about maybe bringing me on as an additional guitar player i mean i was still so young yeah and it was like you know obviously you know it's one of your idols and 
you know, you're hanging out with this dude, you, know, you listen to his records and now he's your friend and you're hanging out with yeah. him at bars, you know, I was underage, <laughs> and, you know, like, yeah. Uh, and it was, it was such a cool thing. And then it, it came down to being like, you know, we're about to get signed and it was like, Kill Hannah is like my thing, you know, with these guys. It's our thing. We started it from, from nothing and built it. Why don't we got to see it through? Yeah. And then Richard and I, uh, like lost touch for a few years. You know, he, he kind of jumped ship on filter in like 2002. He had some, some, I mean, he's very vocal about it. He had some substance abuse issues Yeah, and he took some time off from that. And then, uh, started a band with the guys from Stone Devil Pilots called Army of Anyone in like 2005. Cool. Did that for a bit, and then 2008, like he came back in with you know filter, reformed the group, new members and stuff, and we actually reconnect. We hadn't spoken in a, I don't know like three or four years, and we're in Germany, Kill Hannah. We're playing uh, these two huge German festivals, Rock and Ring and Rock and Park, and they're like the two biggest ones there, and they're yeah. they're amazing. And dude, those remember, oh, festivals yeah. out there, oh they're are, insane. Yeah, they're the be- I mean those are the best festivals i mean like it's a seas of people <laughs> oh yeah lala palooza and coachella those are amazing i love lala so much and yeah played it and yeah it's, it's great but like it doesn't compare to some of these festivals like glastonbury yeah and and i've been to that writing yeah. and leads and all those things yeah. just like you look out and there's 300 400 people <laughs> yeah like, what it's nuts <laughs> yeah so um we were sitting backstage, you know, like we're all, you know, all the artists are, are just kind of, kind of packed, very tight knit. And, uh, I'm sitting there and I hear this voice like, Oh yeah, kill Hannah. I know those guys. And I'm like, is that Richard Patrick? <laughs> I didn't even know they were going to be there. I didn't know filter was a thing again. And I walked yeah. out and I was like, rich. And he like, he, he like barely remembered me, but like it was, uh, then we got to talk and he's like, Oh yeah. Like, da, da, da. and, um, yeah, we just we just kept in touch, and then of course, like 2010, 2011, the opportunity came up where they were about to go. They were on tour, and they were having an issue with their guitar player. He just needed to take some time off. Yeah, and I got the call from their tour manager. It was like, hey, like, I don't know what your schedule is, but um, we're going on tour with Bush and Chevelle for like three or four months. It's starting like in a couple of days. Like we're, we're having a, a little slight hiccup right now. Like, are you available? And it turned out that I was. And I went in and met with Rich and the bass player at the time, and just went over a couple of things. And he's like, "All right, you got it. You, are you interested?" I'm like, "Yeah, hell yeah, damn, yeah." And That's so like, awesome. So it was cool. And of course, like I'd known the dude for for a long time. And being a fan, like it was like I know these songs like the back of my hand. Like it's just, oh okay, gonna cool. Be, yeah, I was gonna ask that because I feel like that's always the story when. Like um, I, I sat down with Jim Fairchild from Modest Mouse. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And uh, and his was a similar story. Like just a couple days before, like, all right, cool, we're going. It's like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. there's a whole catalog of songs. Well, I yeah, need to that figure was. Out. I mean, I I I I met with the, with Rich and like we, I think they told me day of. It was like you know it was like noon, uh, and then they're like, hey, can you be out in Malibu in a couple hours and like <laughs> just like just play take a picture. Uh, uh, some maybe Hey Man I Shot and then there's a song at the time that they were on that record that they were p- promoting that I had actually never heard and I was like oh yeah sure of course and then I you know downloaded real listened to it real quick and then got in my car and drove to Malibu 
Oh, and I didn't then, even get to try to play it. No, I just I just I went listen there and, to it. Yeah, I mean, like I you know I, I hear things and I can yeah, I can yeah, play yeah, it. Right. And, you know, that's part of my job as being a right. studio musician, a session player, and a hired gun is like just sort of you, you know, you're supposed to be able to just do it. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just went, we I showed up there. We all hung out for a, for a minute and then just went over acoustically and then they were like, "Cool, it's yours if you want it." I'm like, "Awesome, yes." And then basically, I had like one night to really learn the set they gave me the set list there was like set list a b and c you know whatever like what we what we rotate most songs are the same but then you know you change out a couple so this so whatever but they gave me pretty much the entire catalog it was like yeah just just go over this so like in one night i went i went through like 27 songs oh man and like a lot of them like you, a lot of them like you know because like filter songs like there's so many hits and it's yeah. like yeah like okay but then all of a sudden because it's it's you're doing it all in one night and it's crunch time and a lot of the songs are are somewhat similar similar riffs and it's like oh man they're starting to they're starting to bleed together and like you know then i had to go in and do like a full i went in with the band the other guys and the whole crew and everything because they were doing like a full production rehearsals i mean this tour was starting in a couple of days yeah and so i went in there and it was uh it wasn't overwhelming but it was it was uh, it was definitely like I'm like, I hope I'm ready. And of course, like <laughs> after like one song, once you get in that groove and I was like, yeah, this is, yeah, this is yeah, exactly whatever. Yeah. And then of course, like, you know, but tour bus came to the rehearsal studio and picked us up and that was it. Damn. And like, so where was that first tour? Like that was a U.S. tour with filter. It was a U.S. tour and it was, uh, Bush was headlining Chevelle was main support and, um, and filter. And it was, uh, you know huge venues it was great and of course like we've known bush and chevelle like we've all known each other for so many years so it was basically just like you know hanging out with your friends yeah um but it was like yeah it was a long it was like you know three months or something and um during that time uh you know rich and i rich and i would be talking on the tour bus and talking about songwriting and He'd heard a lot of the stuff that I was doing. I mean, he liked Kill Hannah from before, and like, and also like, he'd heard a lot of my solo stuff, stuff that I was working on. And he was like, "Dude, we should we should write together if you're interested." I'm like, "Yeah, totally." And so we got off that tour, um, and then, uh, you know, we had a couple more fly dates after that. But like, I'd say like at the beginning of the new year in 2012 like we he and i just started demoing together yeah and then it just it just went from there so my question is like when you when you went on tour with filter was kill hannah like kind of on a break or something or or how did that open up for you and then you sort of went that yeah uh well in 2008 um i basically i mean we'd been we'd been out kill hannah had been out on the road uh at for now about two years straight no yeah. breaks <laughs> yeah because our record the second, that's a healthy life yeah right <laughs> the record came out in in um in uh, the summer of two that the second record came out in the summer of 2006 so we we did Lollapalooza record came out and then like back on tour and so we were pretty much playing all over the world with that record you know for two yeah. years non-stop so yeah. in the fall of 2008 we had about two weeks off before we were going you know, we we just finished a, a long U.S. run, and we had about two weeks off. We were going back to the U.K. to do another two or three months he- a headlining tour, and we were all like very overworked. Yeah. We we're all exhausted. Yeah. But we didn't. No one wanted to admit it. 
Right. So everybody kind of internalized it and whatever. And I was just like not in a, I didn't feel like I was in a good place with myself. Yeah, that's why you know? I can't imagine when you say two years straight. It's I yeah. mean, it's exhausting. And I'm am talking literally with, with like no breaks. Yeah, maybe it's maybe crazy. we had Christmas off and like you know New Year's. Yeah, but like for the most part, like we were gone, and we all had like very serious relationships with our girlfriends and whatnot, and like you know like yeah, that, I was actually thinking that too. I was like, yeah. that's nearly impossible. It was pretty much impossible. Yeah, but like. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not, and and in no way would I ever be complaining because I mean, we no, no, it's just it being like, real. Yeah, like we we saw the world, like right. You're playing these shows; it's amazing. The fans were incredible; they still yeah. are, and it's. it's well, just I've part had of to have those same kind of feelings, even with, with the Jackass Viva La Bam years of like, yeah, oh, oh, well, like you're bitching and moaning. It's like, dude, it's still hard and it's exhausting, yeah. and then and it, it puts weight on your friendships, and it really like. It's it's a lot. I, totally, I can't tell you how many times that I'd be in my bunk on the tour bus, and just privately to myself wishing that I had a nine to five job. Yeah, because it was like, I mean, and 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 it sounds so. And then you take that back immediately. Of course, but. the second the second that you walk on stage, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right, and you see those fans, right, and you're you're playing somewhere you know exotic yeah. or something, and like it's. But you're that, allowed to have those moments absolutely. of thought. I mean, you're, I'm, I'm a human, you right? Know? It's like it's yeah. like yeah, like. I get lonely. I miss my girl. I miss my friends. I miss my family. I miss yeah. being in one city. Yeah. At a, you know, in for you know for an extended amount of time. It, but people don't know that until you do it. Like yeah. if you if you're at the nine to five, you're like God. What I wouldn't give exactly. to go do so that. So that was the catch twenty two. So yeah. like I had I had you know. I was totally jealous of like my friends that got to like hang out with my girlfriend or like whatever and like see her every day and I didn't get to and it's like man, I wish I, I could do that. And then of course you take it all back. Like I said, the second you get on stage, you're like, this is why we do it. Right. And like, and that all goes away. But then of course, like you're back in the routine, you're on back on the bus or you're in the hotel, you're in a new city every day. And it is, it's glamorous. Don't get me wrong, but it has its perks, but it's also really, really, really hard. And it's yeah. it, not everyone can do it. I've had guys, especially in the filter crew, like crew guys that have been like really, itching to go out they're predominantly studio dudes that that have been you know engineers that have worked in studios have not a lot of tour experience but have been like um you know i really want to go out and after two three months they're like i'm never touring again yeah yeah because it's hard yeah that's enough for me yeah and i was like it's yeah there are it's like i said like it it can be really cool and you're jet setting around and you're there's you know all our eyes are on you and you're doing interviews and you, you know you're pushing yeah. your product and like um it's it's really cool you know a lot of attention and all that but at the end of the day like you know like it gets hard it gets lonely you get exhausted and you yeah. do hit that breaking point after several months where it's like it's time to go home like yeah i'm ready to go home yeah especially with filter like my my singer richard has two children um wonderful wife He's such a great dad, and like yeah. he, you know, he's he's one of those hands-on dads. Like he's just there, you yeah. Know? And and it's, you know, for the first, you know, I'd say up until like you know, two years ago, we were just gone again, like gone ten months out of the year. Wow. Um, and it was really hard for him. Obviously, like you know, there's things you can do. He's he's sitting there in the back lounge of the bus with his laptop and on Skype with his kids, having yeah. breakfast with his kids. And obviously, yeah, you you make it work, but that's not the same. And it's like right. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not married and I don't have kids, but I'm, you know, I still like, I still like my time to myself. I still want to decompress. Yeah. And like after a while, like, you know, after, 
you know, month four, month five, you start to feel it where it's <laughs> yeah, just like, definitely. It's like, you know, and you're playing an hour and a half every night and it's just like, all right, like I'm ready to go home. Like I'm yeah. sick of my band. Yeah. I love my guys, but I'm, but I'm just, we're you all need sick a break of each other. from it because yeah. I, I, I I'm sick don't of my think, crew. Like people are starting yeah. to fight and then like, <laughs> and then I have to be the one, like I'm the lenient boss. So like, yeah. With filter though. So like, well, that was that talk of like, uh, when we were doing Jackass people about all those years, every day you're basically put into a situation where you have to hang out with those friends. Yeah. And I have a whole bunch of other friends. Yeah, me too. And yeah. so then you go, I love you guys, but if you force me to be around you anymore, like I'm yeah. going to kill you. Yeah. Like I can't stand, like I, I like to bounce around and go, Hey, I see these friends. That's cool. What's up, man? Life's good. Got some things going. We yeah. chat, we chat, then go over to those friends. Then that, but when you're just put, together and always yeah. have to be together and you're always filming you're doing the you sound like you're bitching if you say but it's a right. but it's like try it I, I i i dare you to yeah, try exactly. being around the same group of people i know for two three years straight totally you're and like, I, know, I know so many people <laughs> that like you know friends i used to have in chicago that you know have they're nowhere near the music business or right anywhere in the art in the arts and have been like, man, I would, I would kill to do what you do. I'm like, no, you wouldn't. Right. I'm like you really wouldn't. And I guarantee you, cause I know you, I know the second <laughs> I, you would be so uncomfortable. Yeah. After two weeks, yeah. you would, you would, you'd break. I know you, you're yeah. too fragile. It, I know. And, exactly. like, and, and like, that's the thing. Like we all knew at the beginning when we started touring and we, I started touring young, I was like 19 or 20. Um, and you know, after a couple of weeks, if you're meant for it or not. Yeah. Especially back then, like, you know, like the label wasn't giving us tour support yet, you know? So like we weren't on nice buses yet. We yeah. were like in, in driving band. ourselves around in yeah. a van doing loops around the country. Yeah. Um, you know, driving 14 hours after a gig, not yeah. sleeping. And, uh, you know, like if you, I feel like if I weren't meant to do it, I would have known back then, like, this is too much. Yeah, so like, I, I, I think you're absolutely right. You know so quickly, and it, and it's funny. It's not that people don't have the talent. It's not that, yeah. but there's there's so many elements that go totally. into whether or not you can kind of hack it or make it yeah. in either music or in filmmaking or, or whatever you're doing. Because what I do now is I'm a camera guy on, you know, yeah. just a union camera guy for TV and movie. And what i do your is your schedules are crazy yeah it's crazy yeah. amount of hours and my wife will be like what like i'm like yeah i know you couldn't do this yeah. like it, it is it beats the crap out of you yeah but certain people know it and certain people don't and and, and it's funny because i i actually i have a therapist that i was like talking with and she was like yeah i tried to do the film business when i was like 22 she said i did it for like two months i was like yeah not for me <laughs> and she moved on and, and like and now she like she's a therapist that works with everybody i'm like right that seems to like taxing to me right. to be taking on all everybody's stuff but but yeah, people that have tried it go, God, that's crazy. The hours that you're away from totally. your family, you're, you're away from your friends and this, and you, you go into these time warps of like, dude, where you been? It's like, oh, I was doing a movie for three months, yeah. and I don't know what happened. Or or when you're on tour, because yeah. I would tour with CKY a lot for extended totally. periods of time. I'd go go around the world with them, and and yeah you just come back out like poof, like out of some portal like hey where's yeah. everyone and they're like and you're, ex the yeah, you're expecting you everything to stay the same and yeah it's like people have kind of moved on exactly there's resentments i had a lot of friends like my 
some of my buddies that I'd grown up with, like since we were like, you know, little kids, yeah. like best friends, that I was able to, you know, like successfully for many years was able to balance both my career and then my personal life and friendships and stuff. Yeah. And where, you know, like I didn't, I, I've never been one to be like, you know, have a big head about shit and, and whatever. Right. But, um, but I did get it from like, you know, I would, you know, a week goes by, two weeks and it turns into months and whatever. And then it's like, you know, I call a friend and I could obviously detect some resentment <laughs> <laughs> and, and they'd be like the phone Hearing works some venom they'd, yeah they'd be like well you could have called I mean like I, well you know where I am you, the phone works both ways right, bro right, like, right, like, right, right, I don't right. know so like then of course like I lost touch with a lot of my oldest oldest friends and then so, it was sort of like well I mean if they're you know they've been supportive in the past but they're not being supportive now it's like I can't I'm, I'm right. out like I gotta this is what I do for my, you know, this is my career. Exactly. And, and it is, and it's hard. And yeah. it's, and I, and I hope they would understand it. Now the people, now I have so many friends that are still in my life and that understand it. And a yeah. lot of my, you know, like a lot of the guys that I know are all in this industry, either film or music or, yeah. or whatever. So that we so understand, get it. Yeah. we get it. We understand schedules. If you don't see somebody for a few months, they're busy. They're off filming right. or they're on tour. And it's like, we come back, we meet up and nothing's changed. We get it. Yeah. But um, and that's crazy because like my when my wife moved out here, uh, we both grew up in Westchester together. Right, and then when she moved out here, it was it's a big shift for her to go. People aren't around, and I don't see my friends. And this, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's kind of L.A. is that thing that everybody's moving and doing things and out and about, and then. You, nobody questions anything though and then you see him a couple months later and you oh damn what have you been up to yeah. and then it's you know it's fu- it's kind of fun because you're it's like you're checking back in totally and, and I, I remember that being really weird when i when i had to move back here in 2009 mm-hmm. and i mean were I, you back living in chicago i was or? in chicago yeah so like I, I left well that was what we were talking about um in 2008 i took time off from kill hannah yeah i didn't go on that tour um, oh, who who did somebody else? Filled yeah, in? we got or? a we got a buddy that had been in another band that had opened for us a year before. Cool, um, great guitar player, producer as well. Then um, he filled in like last minute, um, came in and did that that run, and then it was just me sort of like um, I was trying to figure out if I wanted to stay in the band or or do other things like join, you know. I had all these songs that I was writing and it was like, I don't know if I want them to be Kill Hannah songs. Yeah. I feel like I should move on. I feel like I've done this for so long. Like I, I you know, right out of high school, I'm in this band and yeah. like we came up together and we got popular together and, and all this stuff. And I felt like it was like, um, it wasn't like, it wasn't like I meant for more. It was just like, I want to do other things with, you know, uh, with other, I want to work with other artists, you know, yeah. I want to do, you know, see where that takes me. And, you know, I can't just be defined by one thing. You know, some people are really comfortable with that, but I, I, I don't think I was. And well, you um, go through it. Like I, not to jump in, but, but I went through that as well. Yeah. Um, with Jackass, with those things, I didn't do the second and the third movie. Right. And, and I, go, I what's had... going on? Like what, what's up with you? And, and I kind of went through that similar thing of, of of at 19 years old we were shooting the pilot of jackass and i went and did that all through my whole 20s and and so then at that point like towards the end of my 20s it was this feeling of like what the hell like what else is there or whatever and it's not i wasn't too good for anything like that it was just i i just 
had this own personal like I don't know if it's identity crisis but it was something of like what what am I like what am I where where am I headed and what's going on with this because you're sort of defined as Rab himself the guy that shits on things and gets (laughs) drunk and does that you know and then you're like but maybe I want to try something else right and it's difficult to go in, the, especially because people, what are you, idiot? Like, I, I, I remember I went and shot some little skits and just trying, when we were younger, we would do that with the CKY stuff, was shooting little skits yeah. and stupid things. And I went and tried doing that. Well, that's we, where we all fell in love with you guys. Yeah. Like, all those little things. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I was kind of trying to get back to that a little bit of just, just enjoying it again instead of, like, being the, the monkey that was dancing. Right, right. It was sort of, like... How do you get back to enjoying what you're doing? And for me, it was like, I just want to shoot these stupid little skits. And even if they were stupid, I don't care. I just needed that outlet. And in that time, Jackass 2 was happening things, and I was doing little skits, and people were like, oh, so stupid. Go back and do Jackass. And it was like, uh, whatever. I just have to do this. Yeah. And you had I had to follow that. So I could totally relate to you yeah. feeling like you needed to... F- find what else was out there and it's not that you're better or worse yeah. or anything it was just and pl- and, exploring and yourself again, yeah and again like we were exhausted and i yeah. you know and like I, I you know maybe maybe it's just me but i i guess i was just the only one that like was very vocal about it towards that towards the end of 2008 where i was just like i need i need to take time to myself Right and figure some stuff out and, and figure out myself because I was like I, I I you know like you get into patterns on the road like some you know behaviors that like you don't take care of yourself as much you know because <laughs> yes. you're just like the schedule is crazy and it's it's amazing it's a lot of fun but then you yeah. do it every single night and it's just like you know on top of just also being mentally exhausted like right. you're physically exhausted and um, I just felt it was like you know. I just need to take a step back for a minute, and like, because there, there was so much momentum still at that time. And right. I guess you know, I, I can say now, I know that like some of the guys, they're very supportive, of course. You know, Kill Hannah, we're all still brothers. We're still best friends. We still talk every day. Yeah. Um. But I could, you know, like I could tell, like there was, um. You know, like. There was a little resentment, of course, that I got. Maybe I was, I was. You know, like I was leaving them in the wind and that wasn't the case it was just like i kind of had to see where this was going and of course um billy howard l from a perfect circle and i had been friends for about a year or so at the time and he had a new project called ashes divide and he called me you know like spring summer of 2009 and was like what are you up to man and i was like well I've, by by now it had officially been announced that i had left kill hannah yeah and um they were gonna go on without me and and uh so billy called and was like you know what's what's happening like are you available to do some stuff i'm like yeah and i was like actually coincidentally i'm moving to los angeles and he's like oh great perfect so like i i came here in the summer of 2009 nice. and immediately like i was with the next day i was in rehearsals with billy and the guys and it was like okay like cool and it was so you know like i'm so used to kill hannah and and that group of guys it was it was a uh, you know, it was a little bit of an adjustment to be like, oh, I'm, I'm in a new band with new people. Like, yeah. it's really strange. And, yeah, it and is. Of course, like, I love these guys. These guys are huge players. I'm fans of these guys. And, like, it's like, but it's, it was so different. But yeah, it's not uh, the comfortable feeling that you know. Yeah, and it yet. was just, you know, but, but that's what I wanted. You know, yeah. I want, I liked 
the idea of of you know doing what I do and but just in a different setting and like um, and seeing how it goes and then of course you know through that then like came other opportunities and filter and all that and then I ended up writing a couple filter records and damn yeah which changed you know which changed everything for me and um, uh, in a in a great way. But then, of course, like Kill Hannah, like it's it sort of like everybody sort of went off and did their own thing in, in around 2010 anyway. Like Matt, the singer Divine, moved to New York. He was in the big Broadway production of Spider Man. Oh, yeah. So he was, you know, he was busy doing that. He was Art- doing the music for it or he was. No, he was in, in it. it. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, he had a big role in it. Wow. So, yeah. So, so he was also into the acting world as well. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Um, uh, and then our drummer, of course, plays for Kesha and some other yeah. pop bands. So, like, we were all just scattered. And Kill Hannah kind of just, you know, didn't go away, but it was sort of like, we're not touring, we're not releasing anything new. And we kind of, in 2012, we got together to do like one of our big hometown Chicago shows around Christmas, like yeah. we used to do our annual Christmas thing. And it felt right. We did it again in 2013. And then um, 2015, spring of 2015, we all got on the phone. It was basically like, Fans are, I mean, we've kind of haven't done anything for five years. Yeah. Like, and we, like, of course, like everyone's super busy with what they're doing. Me with Filter and Elias and Matt. And um, <clears throat> it was like, well, we either got to, we got to end this or do a new record or something. And we basically just came up with the idea like, well, why don't we do some farewell shows like in Chicago, like two shows at our Metro, our home venue. Yeah. Sell it out and just, you know see what happens and then it turned out to being like okay well now if we do that then we have to go back to Europe and make those fans happy and whatever so it turned into this kind of cool reunion tour farewell tour thing for us in 2015 as Kill Hannah yeah and it was so strange I remember us landing in London getting on the tour bus and it was almost like seven years had passed since we'd all been on a bus together and like nothing changed we still had the same inside jokes yeah like, I know it's it crazy. It was so yeah. it was so surreal. Like it was like it's like oh my god. It's like we all left and we came back and we're still the same people. We're still <laughs> yeah, doing the yeah. same dumb shit. Yeah. Like and and there's a chemistry there. That's yeah, of course. And the, well, we always have that. And there yeah. was always the, you know, and we, and we had such a mem. You know, that was the, the last two months of 2015 were some of the most memorable of all of our careers. It oh, was that's just, awesome. Yeah, it was yeah. really great. And then you know we ended it. We said farewell and. On paper, Kill Hannah is done, but I mean, we'll see what happens, you know. Yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, it was it was, and then we all went back to business with our other projects. So it was nice. So, but it was, but it was more of a happier, yeah, kind of. At this point, I think it was like, you know, like I, I was the first. Well, just me in two thousand eight, leaving, and it was kind of uncertain. And then, of course, you know, they, they got the replacement guy, and and um, they went on, and they continued, and then you know a year or two later that's when it just sort of you know everyone kind of went off and did their own thing so it was cool to get back to reunite yeah you know let's make this really memorable for us and the fans let's really do it you know um and we did and it was like it was actually it was you know it was uh bittersweet just because you know now we're we're faced with this whole thing like oh man it is coming to an end like we're this is a farewell tour and we now we kind of we're just getting into it again yeah with like being around each other and playing these songs and seeing the fans and seeing the crowds yeah. seeing the reaction and and all the hype about it, it was like man 
I want to keep doing it. <laughs> I want to, we should keep doing it. Let's, yeah. not, let's not do it. Let's not, let's not break up. Cause it's almost easier just to rip the bandaid off. Yeah. Like in 08 when you're like, I just need the time yeah. later. Yeah. And then when you're like kind of all in a good place, it's really hard yeah. to, to like, you know, yeah. slowly pull the bandaid off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's, and like I said, we're, we're all still like really, really close. We are all on like a yeah, that's awesome. text thread. Yeah. So we're constantly in contact all, like all day, every day. That's awesome. Messing with each other. Yeah. That's and, a good thing. And I, talking I, about, you know, future stuff for yeah. Kill Hannah, you know, if, yeah. if it works with our schedules. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I know. Cause I know that's a, I don't know. It's very important to, to have that, like when you have such a close bond with totally. people, um, that was something that for us, I think all the CKY guys, it's sort of, we knew that that was important and especially when Ryan died was yeah. was like how do you you know how with the history that we have how could you not have a good yeah. relationship and and there's still stuff that's like yeah. not you know not exactly totally smooth but I've made that choice on my own to to just know like to just kind of let bygones be bygones and just yeah. know that there's such a good, strong bond. And that's the thing, like the bonds, th those are important. And after, you know, time does heal some things and it you, yeah. you kind of get the courage and gather strength to, to address certain things that bothered you in the past and yeah. and talk about it. I mean, if these are your homies and these you guys all came up together and, yeah. and same thing. And you know, like I have a separate bond with Filter than I do with Kill Hannah. Like they're yeah. completely different, but yeah. like, Richard Patrick is like my brother, you know, and like, you know, we, we've had our issues and, and, yeah. you know, within the band, within, within that band. But then like, you know, after a while you talk about, I mean, I left filter for a bit. I left filter for like a year and a half Yeah, to do other things. And it was like, you know, we, Rich and I didn't talk for, for, you know, a while. I mean, I was still kind of helping out behind the scenes to make my transition out as easy as possible for them. Yeah. Just being the lead guitar player and co-songwriter to just leave all of a sudden. Yeah. It's kind of a, you know, people notice and it's like, I, and of <laughs> yeah. course, like I, you know, like in, in both of those bands, you, you want them to succeed, especially like if you're not going to be there, like you want, you want to make sure that that train still keeps rolling with that right. momentum and that force. And I did that with filter and I helped a lot to make sure that like, you know, I had crew guys calling me from the road and being like, dude like we need you to come back and i'm like i can't but i'll help out any way i can yeah like to make sure that it <laughs> to come on back yeah like yeah. <laughs> i mean i i remember when the i had was you know now i'm fully back in filter like you right. know like as of 2016 and <clears throat> i came back to do some shows as like a favor to rich and, and the guys and and then i just ended up sticking around and it kind of works with our schedules the way it is now like we can all do what we want to do and also still play those songs and play a great crowds and great shows yeah. so it's like yeah it works but i remember when i was um they were just about to start uh pre-production and rehearsals and um i went in to grab a couple of stuff my gear and i let them use you know some of the cases and whatever and i was like yeah this will be great you guys will be fine don't worry and i remember i got home and about 45 minutes later i'm getting blown up by the tour manager by the front of house engineer by my stage manager by some of the other, like one of the other band members, he's like, we can't, you gotta come back. This this is not gonna work with this new guy. 
you need to come back. And this is like, this is 40, 40 minutes into it. And yeah. I, Rich actually wasn't even at that day of, day of rehearsal. I guess it was just the this band. This isn't going to work. And they're just like, this isn't going to work. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. I literally left a half an hour ago. Like, you guys got to make it work. <laughs> You're like, I didn't even get home. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even get home yet. And then like a couple weeks later, like the filters manager was calling me and he's like, yeah, we're having some issues. Like, can, can, can you fly, can we fly you out to like Oklahoma? Um, tomorrow morning I'm like whoa 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 I'm like dude I'm like this isn't you know I left the band like I can't just <laughs> what part about I quit didn't you get yeah, yeah. like this is I, yeah. I was like if it I was like if you can't figure it out with this guy and if somebody can't come in that's already on the tour in one of the other bands if somebody can't yeah fix it then like let me know and then we'll work something out maybe i can do like the last you know i'll do the next two months as soon but, as like, that cracks open a little yeah but like yeah. i didn't want to give too much because it was like i was right in the middle of working with other artists and writing with other people so it was just like i, I i'm like that's a that's the last resort yeah like call me only if there's no other solution and yeah and they got through it everything it was fine it was totally fine and then, yeah um yeah i just I took about a year and I was writing like I was out with the band Cruella for a bit the, the two girls the DJs are amazing like um, Cruella DeVille or something well, no, yeah. like the, they're like a huge EDM group yeah um, yeah like it just made me think that yeah. like Dalmatians or whatever exactly yeah, yeah. Um, and so they were I started playing guitar for them for a little bit we did a bunch of European festivals and it was it's so drastically different from rock festivals and EDM festival. Like yeah, so EDM is that like mainly DJ stuff mm -hmm. or, and yeah. then you're playing guitar to the DJ? Yeah, so they had oh, that's so they had the rad. two girls. Yeah, and the girls sing and they're yeah. incredible singers. Um, they're also DJs and so they had it was at the time when they were incorporating a live band into Damn, you're in a whole new world now. Whole new world. So part. we had a drummer, my buddy Frank Zuma who plays for Sum 41. Okay. So he's yeah. on one riser and then me on the guitar. Yeah. Uh, and keyboards on another thing and then yeah. the girls in the middle on this huge DJ throne and they're singing and it's pyro everywhere damn yeah I mean that like, dude the money in the EDM world is insane crazy yeah I mean it's just and those festivals like I mean we did like oh, Austria yeah, yeah, yeah. and Germany and all that and you're just like <laughs> that's even crazier than the ones we were talking about I know yeah. well yeah and it's crazy because I mean these kids like these are rave EDM kids so like they're just I mean it's just <laughs> I've never experienced anything like yeah. that and coming from the rock world and you know you know, being out with the biggest bands that have ever existed, it's just a whole different world. I just it's like think you're walking like, around backstage, yeah. and I'm like, I don't see a single instrument. Yeah, it's just like it's like Calvin Harris and Avicii, and then they're like twenty person entourage just yeah. sitting on their laptop, just just fucking around and catering. Yeah, and like all that stuff. That's and like, crazy. I was like, man, this is so strange for me to yeah. be here. But it was cool. It was a great yeah. experience. Like, I was just thinking when you said the rave thing, like back when we were in high school, it would be like a dateline, like, watch out, parents, your kids are going yeah. to raves. And then there'd be kids with like pacifiers, yeah, like, yeah, like oh, man. eating ecstasy and shit. I remember that. I grew up in the 90s. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, the, pass the, the, candy, the candy ravers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Popping ecstasy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's uh, that's funny. So okay, so you're out in that world and and playing in that. And that's, yeah, that's a whole. And so I, I just did a handful of shows with them, and um, and then we Brian Leeskang, who used to be in Filter, he and I have been writing partners on and off over the years. So we actually went in the studio with them and, and came up with some cool original stuff. They wanted to at that time with Corella. Yeah, yeah, at that time they wanted to kind of they wanted to break away not fully from EDM but like they kind of wanted to be they saw themselves being like we we're kind of like 
band oriented like we'd like to go out with like banks and like you know like uh you know Katy perry or taylor or taylor swift you know whatever so yeah. it was kind of our job to help facilitate and, and come up with with cool ideas and they're they're really talented songwriters and, and great lyricists as well so yeah came with some cool stuff it, it um in the end it didn't it wasn't exactly what where their label whatever was going from so like but it was still still great and they're great girls and um, yeah but yeah like but yeah I'm, uh, you know it's just it's funny where everything kind of takes you and like you you know like of course i got the call about filling in for some filter dates in 2016 and i was like yeah yeah it'll be fun like i'll just do a couple shows and then like yeah it just ended i kept getting calls from their management being like could you do this one too could you do this one too could like, you happen to be just back in the band yeah could you just i'm like yeah you know what this is fun like yeah let's keep doing it and so yeah I'm, I'm glad like we still all have a great relationship and yeah you know like we've gotten to do i mean with filter i mean with both bands like you know we've been all around the world several times we've been everywhere but with filter i've been places I never would have thought were possible to go to. Yeah, I've been to the Middle East three, four times. Damn, I was gonna, I was gonna say now some questions from Bam because oh, right. Bam connected us to do the the show, right. and Bam's like, dude, you gotta ask him about the uh, like plan for the troops. Yeah, so we do that. So Filter, we were, you know, Filter's a pretty political band. We're very liberal, you yeah. know, and like. Um, Rich has always been. Yeah, it said it like bleeding knuckle liberal yeah, or something yeah, on his yeah. thing. I like, <laughs> like, I mean, sometimes, which I love, I think it's great. I mean, sometimes it gets us in a lot of trouble. Dude, I I did that thing that says um, I side with, you know, that, right. that uh, website. And I did the whole questionnaire, and then I'm like a feminist with all these, and I'm more of a feminist than my wife is. Right, and like right. All these, other, and I was like, oh, I didn't even like. I just answered it how I would think. Right, right. And then I was like, damn, I'm stupid liberal, but <laughs> like, I I don't want to be that libtard type right, that is right. like, oh, you can't listen to the other side, I can't listen well, to. Well, that's anything. the thing about that's the thing about Richard. Like, he's a he's a very well-spoken dude he's very knowledgeable right he's you know like he watches both sides right he wants to know both sides of the argument but he has taken a like you know he has taken a firm stand he knows what he is right. he knows where he stands and, and there's nothing wrong with that not at all but and just like, keeping your mind open to like what the other side has to say like because to and me that's, and that's what we do yeah like, on both sides of the equation the left and the right when you just oh, yeah. fully say no whatever the right says is wrong yeah. and then you say you're no just, whatever, then it's like come on yeah you're doing the same thing it's just noise and right so like uh but i um uh, but he's good he's good about you know we understand what our fan base is we know that we have a lot of a lot of our music is popular in red states and and like yeah you know trump supporters we get it yeah it just comes with the territory of being in a hard rock band like yeah um so rich does some stuff on stage sometimes that gets us in trouble like we've been fired by booking agents <laughs> like uta just straight up fired us after one incident like oh, for real was, yeah what it's, was the incident he came out okay so we were doing this huge show and uh it was us and um Three Doors Down, actually, and I guess yeah. Three Doors Down, I I guess played the Trump inauguration, like they're big, they're yeah, like they're, they're big Trump guys, which but, is fun. You know, but it's just it, it's all good. It's just funny because I remember hearing about the Trump inauguration. Was like, try them, nope, try them, yeah. nope, try yeah. them, nope. Got, oh, finally, somebody yeah. said yeah, of course. So, <laughs> Rich came out on stage. Um, you know, he came out in like full military camo, and he had put black paint all over his face. You know. To, basically as like a metaphor for like the oil and all this stuff like that yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the greed and then and, and yeah. um 
and he did his Trump bashing stuff on stage where he's just with three door down. Well, they th- were they were they were there, but I guess they were kind of offended, and they were also represented by UTA, I believe. Um, and so, so were you, you guys were playing together? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. 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 Um, and it was just like it was just I, I know that Rich Rich's filter has always been this band that's like it's pushing buttons. You know, the first right. single I mean, from Nine Inch Nails. Come on, yeah, like, that's I know the whole exactly. Entire... And then the first <laughs> single, Hey Man, Nice Shot. You know, is about you know Arba Dwyer, the former senator that publicly dude executed when I, when I was yeah. a little kid that was like the i saw that when i was like you six years old t- tv be, yeah. because uh no i saw it on faces of death oh right because my brothers death. were watching it i might have been seven but it was like what year did that happen i forget like i think i was 70s eight, okay maybe early 80s. early 80s i yeah, thought yeah yeah, yeah, yeah i think I, I think i was like seven years old and I watched that on Faces of Death because my brothers were watching it. I was way too young to be watching this. Well, I remember Faces like, of Death. I yeah. remember watching that when I was a kid. Yeah. But Rich, actually, because this was a live press conference that this guy called. That's fucking crazy. So I Rich totally came home from school as yeah. like a teenager. You know, I think this is what has happened maybe like, yeah, or very early 80s. Yeah. Came home and saw it on live TV. Just saw this guy commit suicide, put a gun in his mouth and blow his head off. <laughs> Jesus And so Christ. he, you know, like uh he wow yeah like so when you think about that like that's like damn yeah so we've always been a controversial band now when that song came out a lot of people thought it was about Kurt Cobain and was so so the song was it was about it was about Bud Dwyer yeah yeah, yeah. and and in so oh, many, but they thought Cobain because of the timing of the way filter that yeah the way whatever, that when yeah. Filter came out and yeah. debuted it was fairly recent after Kurt had committed suicide and yeah and um. But no, Rich was like, I mean, there was, that was sort of the mystique about it. Right. Is it about Kurt and whatever? So that right. generated, you know, buzz publicity and, yeah. and buzz. But no, Rich is all, was always like, no, I wrote that song when Kurt was still alive, man. He's like, that, it only came out afterwards. And it's about this guy. It's about yeah. that thing. So we've always been a controversial band. So like, and we've always been pretty political. I mean, like Rich, you know, like right after September 11th, that record, the filter record Amalgamate, you know, is it a direct response from that? And then yeah. our our record that we wrote together in 2013 was just um, a mixture of just current events and stuff going on. But um, so again, it gets us into trouble sometimes. But the cool thing about it is that we're you know we always say Rich always says you know what like respect the warrior if even if you don't respect the war. We, so we really do support our troops all the men and women that serve yeah and we've been fortunate enough to go over and play for the troops like we've been to kuwait a couple times iraq afghanistan just two months ago we were in abu dhabi yeah playing at um uh, the air for the air force and marines um so yeah every single time we get the, the uso or stars for stripes calls us and says you guys want to come back and we're like absolutely hell yeah it's one of the most humbling experiences man to like to be there see what these guys do and so we get you know of course like they're excited that you know a rock band's on the base and yeah um they're gonna get an awesome show of and course some, yeah. yeah and it's a it's a part of home you know coming to yeah. them like and it's a chance for us to get to see what they're doing i mean we walk around to like you know the eod unit or you know the guys on the flight deck and we meet a lot of these men and women that are serving and uh it's just it's really humbling you know it, it puts a lot of things into perspective like for sure you, you realize that like these people are are you know s- sacrificing their 
you know, we bitch about us being exhausted and being tired when we're touring. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah, yeah. In a rock band. <laughs> I'm in a rock band. And I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then of course, like you see people that are like they're they're taking time out of their lives to go to these places to defend. Yeah, our my, way of life, my brother, uh, and and for the rest of the world as well. Yeah, and like, and I'm sure you know people that serve. I I had a I've you know had a bunch of friends growing up with that have served that did time in Iraq and yeah in Afghanistan and it's. It's one of those things. That's why we keep going back when we get these opportunities. Like, absolutely. And, like, obviously, we're never in, in real danger. I mean, but we, you know, like, we were in Kandahar and Bagram, which is Kabul in Afghanistan. Yeah. And, and like, we had to wear Kevlar when you're on those big C-130 planes. With the, yeah. Those cargo, huge planes that, like, carry tanks. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, you got it. Like, you're flying in the Hindu Kush mountains. Like, you know, there's insurgents in those mountains. There's yeah. things. There's RPGs. There's mortars. Like, yeah. You it's know, gnarly. Like, my uh, my brother is a marine sniper oh, and, and was uh, over there a whole bunch. Then he was a, like a mercenary after the fact, yeah. like doing the contract work. And uh, he wrote a book about his first time over there, and it's pretty gnarly to read sure. and to get an insight of what he's gone through. Uh, I mean, he's totally deaf in his left ear from all the explosions wow. and, and all that stuff. Like, it's crazy, because when you talk to him now, he's like, huh? He's like this old man, <laughs> but you're like, but you know, it put into perspective for me, is I'm like, that dude gave his hearing for our country yeah. to be free, and whether I necessarily agree with why we go to war or what, right. the, you know, everything, the greed behind all of that stuff, it doesn't matter. These p- people put their lives on the line just right. so that we can and that's shoot shit on a podcast or go on totally. Twitter and say fuck you Trump you know exactly. or whatever like exactly it, we're able to do that in this country because of the people that Absolutely. serve and that's, and, the, and that's, that's incredible that's the important thing that when you know filter maybe we may be extremely liberal and then yeah you know rich has a platform he, you know he's a right he's a famous singer and he's got fans and he's like i'm gonna tell you how i feel you may not like it you probably won't like it right and so but at the end of the day his whole thing is like you know red versus blue right left doesn't matter the warrior the men and women that serve like these are the people you have to respect and no matter what's going on yeah, and they're they're giving up their lives, they're sacrificing their free time, their fam time with their families, um, their lives, right? Um, you know, and and especially you know, just even just doing a tour, a tour for them is like a year and a half. You know, it's like yeah, you know, we were just in we were just when we were in Abu Dhabi, uh, we got there at a pretty unique time where they were actually doing uh, shifts on the base where a lot of units were going home and new reserves were coming out, so. A lot of we're seeing a lot of new kids, young reservists that are like, "Oh, we just got here a week ago." I'm like, "Oh, how long are you gonna be here?" Till they're like, "Uh, twenty twenty. I'm like, "Oh, wow, so you're here?" <laughs> yeah. They're like, "Yeah, like, yeah, we just moved in. Yeah. This is our yeah. new digs for a while." And yeah. So it's 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 crazy, but like you know, we, I mean, we have all of us in the band. Like we have a collection of challenge coins and unit patches like in these you know we shake every single hand you know like yeah when we're out there we'll do a meet and greet for three hours if we have to just to meet everybody yeah and it's just rad. again it's like we've had it we've we've had soldiers come and be like like you guys are my favorite band of all time can't believe you're here or guys being like i don't even like your music but the fact that you're an american <laughs> yeah. and that you took the time to come here to see us it's just awesome. like bring a yeah. piece of home you know to them and yeah. that's the least i can do like yeah yeah i'll i'll i'll, I'll do it yeah any day that's awesome that's, that's yeah. really cool to be a part of that 
think about like Bob Hope back in the day with like some Playboy babe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're like, yeah, tits. Yeah, and you know what? Though? It does it does a lot, and that's why they started doing it in World War Two. It's like it does boost morale, and it's, yeah, you know, to see just you know a face, you know, from your country. Yeah, outside of of the military, you know, yeah. just like to, to and it remind it it's a reminder to them to know that like we 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 don't take you for granted. You yeah. Know? Like we do support what you're doing. You yeah. Know? Even if we don't support the war, we support you. Yeah. You know? And that's like, super important. I think absolutely, obviously after like Vietnam stuff where people were not, uh, you know, like yeah. the soldiers were not feeling supported either. No, they'd it, come home and they'd get spit on. Yeah. You know? and, that, like, and it's terrible because you realize I mean, they, that they wanna, don't have they, anything to do with it. They're they didn't want to be there. They're putting doing their life on the yeah. line for, yeah. for, for you to be able to spit on them. Totally. And, and that's it, one of the, and yeah. that's, and you really, you feel, you feel that, um, uh, when you're there, like you, you do, you're very, you're very grateful for, for, the opportunities that you have and then you know especially the freedoms that we have you know every any you know any democracy in this world like the, the yeah. fact that you can just wake up when you go out your house and go get coffee you know yeah like you know what i mean <laughs> but yeah you take that stuff for granted until until you do it uh, my wife and i do work in haiti and we go down oh, wow. there a lot and um and i will stay with our friends there in the village and it's like you know there's no electricity anything like that so the sun's up you're up sun's down you're going to bed and there's no running water or nothing it's i mean it's literally like stepping back 100 years and uh and you do absolutely realize how much we do take for granted yeah and just going to get coffee like that's not a thing yeah. <laughs> you know like, I know. so so that stuff yeah we really have it really good in this country and it is because of our our uh, you know the people that help protect our, our yeah. rights and our freedoms and, and and listen like a lot of a lot of these guys like these men and women they're not uh, they're not necessarily because they're in the military doesn't mean they support what's going on. Currently. Right. No. Like mean, political climate. That no. Absolutely. Yeah. Not at all. They have a job to do. That's what they think. They're like, we don't. We don't give a shit. Like who's in office. Right. We know what's happening, but like we're not focusing on that. We're right. focusing at our task at hand. Right. And, and you are, have to because I think if absolutely. you got so emotionally involved of with that, it would be dangerous to you and absolutely. your job. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So my brother is. You know that way. He's not very. Uh, he's not very like politically outspoken mm-hmm. but i know where he stands with a lot of um you know his political beliefs mm-hmm. but he's not like out there going f this and that yeah but it, because it was it was it is a job and he had and you know and he chose to do it when he was 18 and then throughout i mean he's older than i am he's 42 or something now and it just a couple years ago is when he finally was done so i mean he gave you know the better part of his life yeah to to doing that that's amazing and like 20 years you know so um yeah it's just it, well, thank, it is thank him for me yeah yeah <laughs> i will man it, it's funny because i think back like when i was young so he was he was this badass marine kid at 18 years old he he got the award for the best in boot camp oh no and uh and so then all these recruiters were coming to our house like hey kid you want to sign up i was like nah man i'm not i'm not into that <laughs> like the complete that's, that's, opposite person that's not my thing bro <laughs> but check out this new cky thing yeah, we yeah, yeah. yeah exactly i just took a shit on that thing yeah <laughs> 
so yeah it was exactly it i was like busy getting kicked out of high school and shitting on things and ripping things off the the uh, shelves at stores and my buddy bam just yeah. punched me in the dick yeah, you know, yeah. 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 like i don't think i'm you don't want to give me a gun <laughs> but uh but yeah man no uh it's funny, but uh, so so. What do you got? What, what's happening now? Are you you said you're doing a few shows with with Filter. Yeah, we're we're kind of working on some new material. Um, you know, it's kind of working at a snail's pace, just because Richard and I are both working on other projects, and um, we're just basically doing festivals and fly dates this season. So okay. Like we'll we'll be you know I think I think everything's on officialfilter.com, dot um, all the dates, but I think we only have a few left for the remainder of the year and. Is that U.S. stuff? Or yeah, it's that... all U.S. We're, okay. we're not we're not doing the full. It's weird not to be on tour right now. Like, yeah, because this is for so many years. It's like from March until November is touring season. Yeah, for, for us, and you're usually on the on the road. Yeah, so it's like weird being home for the Fourth of July and like, <laughs> yeah. you know, what what do I do? Like, what are you supposed to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like go down to the Santa Monica Pier. Yeah, like, <laughs> like you know. So, uh, but it's cool. Yeah, we have some dates. We have some stuff. I think we leave again in a couple of weeks and. Um, and you're producing other records and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, so I'm writing with some other artists, and then I'm, I'm trying to get into the uh, the scoring world. So I have a, like, right now management is having me put together my whole library of all these, like, two to three minute instrumental pieces and, and all this Hell stuff. Hell yeah. Purely for theatrical release and, and all that stuff. So That's they, awesome. And I've always, like, as a kid, like, that was always part of the goal. You know, one of the main goals was score films. Like, yeah. You know? Um, no matter, I mean, I'll always be on stage. Like I'll, right. I'll, I'll make rock records and pop records, whatever. But like, that's a, that's a big part of my life that I really am trying to, trying to transition into that, and that's make awesome. that a norm. Yeah. Yeah. And Richard from Filter is already doing that. He's already scored yeah. a couple of films and he's working on some stuff now. Yeah. Cause, um, uh, I think didn't Trent Reznor do. Yeah. Like Trent Atticus yeah. Ross. They've yeah. done a couple of films, uh, a couple of David Fincher's movies. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's such a cool thing, I, and I feel like it's such an uh, awesome other outlet. Like you said, there, there, there's something to perform in on a stage yeah. that's, that that you need that, but you also need other outlets. Totally. Of like, uh, I mean, like we all love being in the studio. Like we're studio yeah. rats too. Yeah. Know? Like that's part of the process. I think that's you know performing on one stage, it's one animal in the, in the studio making the record and and writing it from scratch and and watching it unfold. That's you know it's this whole other thing and it's I love that part of it as yeah. well um, and obviously like you know all of us you know Trent included like we're all such fans of film and like great filmmaking yeah. and, and like to put to be able to to basically see uh, you know work with a director um, watch some of the dailies and see how what's how the actors interacting with each other in in terms of the content of the scene and how what emotions that invokes within you like what would you want to hear I think that's such a cool process yeah and I've always wanted to be a part of that and, yeah um, and which I'm definitely working on yeah well on a very small scale I'm always working on little short films and stuff we'll have to yeah dude, <laughs> we'll have to yeah. try to collaborate on something absolutely dude yeah I'll send it, you it's, stuff uh, it's cool I, dude, it's, I can't it's been so long since we've seen each other I know yeah <laughs> I was like, like <laughs> well because I remember like I remember the first time now I have a beard and, yeah right and I'm not me shitting too. on things yeah right <laughs> well hold on <laughs> what? give me a second well that's the thing like I, th I mean I remember the first time we met like when we in 2004 when um, Bam brought all you guys to when we were on tour of the sounds, 
Yeah. We were playing the TLA. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that was the first time of me meeting, like, I, I think it was the first time you and I met. Uh, definitely meeting Angie and Dunn. Yeah. For the first time. Yeah. And then, of course, like, the relationship between me and Bam and all of us. When I mean, like, I was on the set for Jackass 3D pretty much the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Which is hilarious. And <laughs> Dunn and I were really close and stuff. And um, Yeah. But I hadn't seen you in so, in so Yeah, it's been on. long. I, I, I kind of crawled into a hole for a little while. And yeah. <laughs> nobody saw me for years. <laughs> but you're doing great. Yeah, yeah. You look awesome. Yeah, you look thanks. the same, man. You don't age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah thanks. <laughs> I grew the beard to cover it up. But. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but awesome. yeah, man, no, it's been awesome to see you and, and, and chat and, and yeah, hang dude. out. And thanks for coming on the Bathroom Break podcast. Dude, thanks for having me. And, and we got to thank our mutual brother, Bam. Yeah. For, for, thanks, Bam. Thank you, Bam. Yeah, Bam, Bam. <laughs> Love it. And thank, and thank Rick you, Kossick. Rick. Dude, Rick Cossack. Like, Rick remembers me from set, from Jackass 3D, 3D set. Like, that, those are seriously some of the best times I've ever had in my life. Just being in the background, just sitting there and watching it unfold. Like, oh, dude. It's just like, and, and the anxiety. I mean, like, I'm not even in the thing, and I'm anxious as it was fucking shit. For everybody there. that's getting I know. Up, I'm yeah. just sitting there. I remember signing the forum, like, you guys aren't going to punch me in the face, right? Like, Bam's like, no, I, I won't hear. I'm like, please don't punch me in the face, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like, rocky shits going on, yeah. and you're, like, signing off to it. I don't, I, you can see me, actually, when, when he broke Steve-O's nose. Oh, shit. Because he did it. We were right in the catering area, and I'm sitting right there, and and he just he threw the water in his face and hit him and then you see Steve just freak out and I get out of the way because it looked like it was going to turn into a brawl <laughs> oh like, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is not fun right now <laughs> yeah. that's awesome dude hell yeah well thanks for coming dude, on thanks for having me man sweet Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Bathroom Break podcast. You can help support the podcast at greengate.bigcartel.com. 